you would please stand with me for the reading of the word and turn with me in your Bibles to John, John's gospel. We're going to go to John. I think they got the, uh, the memo in the media department, but we're going to go to John chapter 10 and we're going to start in verse 7 if they got the memo. If not, then we're going to change that up a little bit. But when you got your word to John 10, 7, I want you to say amen. Amen? Amen. All right, we're going to get started tonight. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Father, I thank you for this opportunity. Lord, I pray that every word that you have deposited in my spirit, God, that it would be pushed out by the anointing, Father. I pray, God, that your word would come forth. Take a coal from your altar and place it upon my lips that I would profess the oracles of heaven. Lord, let it be that the word would come out, Father, and change a region. I pray in Jesus' mighty name that the, the gift of prophecy would be operating in the room. We give you all the glory, all of the honor, and all of the praise for it. And everybody in the house said amen and amen. You may be seated. So first and foremost, I appoint and anoint each one of you as a prophet of the Lord. Because I believe that we are called to change a region. And I can't change a region without the word. Amen? It's the word that has power. It's the word that is alive and full of power. And as his vessels, we are called to enunciate, to pronounce the word of the Lord, to declare the word, to decree the word of the Lord into the atmosphere. I believe that when we speak the things of heaven, they go far beyond the walls of this house, changing and shifting the, the, the structure and the layout of the land. Amen, somebody? So I appoint and anoint you because when you leave this place, I want you to put into operation what we're going to discuss tonight. Because I believe that we are called to change where we live. We are called to, to be light in darkness. We are, I'm telling you, I believe this with everything in me. There is a shift coming to Bradley County. There is a shift coming to Bradley County. And I give him glory for it. Amen. So when back in the day when I was young, I used to come home one, two in the morning, back when I had energy and stamina to stay up late before kids and everything else. We used to come home and we used to come home with the bag of Taco Bell or whatever it was and we'd turn on the television. And on the television, two in the morning, you'd have some charismatic individual, loud, enticing, trying to hawk their goods at us. You know what, come on somebody. Two o'clock in the morning, right? And they're telling you about these items that you literally could not live without. And you are blown away that you've lived without these items up until this point. You have no idea that you needed a hose that shrunk up when you turned off the water. You had no idea. You know, you have personalities like Billy May slicing tomatoes with surgical precision with Ginzu knives that are made out of aerospace technology. 
Now, I didn't know I needed a tomato slice that thin before. It's like a flavor. It's almost like LaCroix water. It sat in the room with whatever it tastes like. It's not really in the drink. It just was in the room near it. It's like it was near an apricot or near a watermelon. Like, it's like when you put a slice of tomato on your sandwich that's that thin, it, it, it's like just a hint. It's like you had a, a sprinkle of tomato. I didn't know I needed a tomato that thin anyways. You had Ginzu knives and Tupperware and ShamWow, right? How many remember ShamWow? And there was a phrase that they always said in these commercials, these infomercials. I'm sitting there with my Taco Bell and I'm watching this and I'm eating my, my burrito. And, and they're like, I'm like, man, that is a great deal. They're giving me three knives and I get a can opener. And they're going to give me the hose that shrinks up, right, when you turn the water off. And then they say this phrase, when, right when you're about to change the channel, they say, but wait, there's more. And now you, re now you know, you well, wait a minute, there's more. What else could they be giving me? There's more? Are you kidding me? I have to, I'm, I'm, okay, put the remote down, eat the other, you know, take another bite of that burrito. You're watching, you're waiting to find out what there is, but it's always multiplication. It's always more, oh my gosh. And we've gotten conditioned to this. It's actually become a part of our pop culture, that phrase. That phrase has found its way into movies. It's found its way uh, into uh, television. But wait, there's more. I mean, how many have even said it? But wait, there's more. It's, I mean, there's even a thing, uh, gold, frankincense, and but wait, there's myrrh, you know, uh, at Christmas time. I mean, the reality is there's more, right? We live in a society of more. We have grown up in a generation of more. My grandparents didn't have but one hardware store. My parents only had the five and dime. They didn't have Super Walmart, Super Target, Super Dollar General. So, I mean, everything's super these days, right? It's, it's, we have a, more of everything, more than any other generation in any other society in history. We are a generation that has more options than any previous generation. Like I said, more grocery stores than previous generations, more televi television stations. I, I mean, when, when I was really young, the TV turned off at 12. The Star Spangled Banner would come on and the television would go off. We have more stations than we know what to do with. Back in the day, my parents didn't even have a TV remote. I was the TV remote. Go over and turn the television, Chris. We got bad reception. I need you to stand like this. But we live in a day and age with more internet, more phone services, more, more of everything, more french fries supersize, right? More. More banks, more news sources, and more churches. We are a generation of bigger, better, faster, and more of everything. So why is it that we are a society that has more of everything than previous generations, but also a society that has less of God? have more of everything but we have less of God and we've been conditioned in the secular marketplace to believe that there's more but wait there's more but when it comes to church the phrase but that's all there is resounds Sunday's all there is Wednesday night is all there is 
You see, this word came to me yesterday when we were in noon prayer. Chad, you, you were here. I, I came to me. And I was sitting here praying, and we were praying about revival. We were praying about Easter. We were praying about what God's going to do in Bradley County. We pray that on the weekly. We pray for this community because I believe that God wants to change the landscape of this community. There's a region, reason why the newspaper calls this community the city of spirit. They don't know it, but they're prophesying every time they print a page. Amen. I believe that we're called to change this dynamic. We're called to change this. I believe what God showed me and where I got the title for this message, the message if I did have to title it would be, but wait, there's more. The more of God. There is more of God than we have experienced. And we have gro I've grown up in church. I ran away from God for many years, but from a young child, I grew up in church. My dad was in the praise band. My mom was in the choir. And I've been conditioned in a place of religion. See, religion will get you to thinking that this is all there is to God. You go to church for your check mark. And the reason why I'm talking to you, you all are the faithful few. Look around. This is, this is the hungry. Wednesday night, this is those who are hungry for the things of God. The reason why I'm talking to you about this is because I need us to become infectious to those who aren't quite that hungry yet. Amen? We have to captivate the majority with the more of God. It's not just about a praise song, it's about his presence, amen? It's not just about lifting your hands, it's about walking in a life of abundance. You see, from the moment that we are born, the enemy starts plotting. He starts to try to, he's what, the God of this world, right? So he owns all that, I mean, he has control of everything in this world. The media, all of it. He has control of it. And he begins to try to entice you with it. To begin to take your eyes off of the more of God. He tries to captivate you with all of it. To try to get you to be blinded by the more of God. Thinking that this is all there is. But there's more. But wait, there's more of God. And so what I want us to talk about tonight is the more of God and living in a land of abundance, living in a place of the more of God. And I hope this gets down in your spirit. I hope that when we leave here, that's why I appointed you and anointed you the prophets of Bradley County, because when you leave here, I want you to declare this as you drive down the road. I'm, I want us, we, we're going to see more in this community. We're going to see more of God in this community. Amen. We're going to see revival break out in Bradley County. We're going to see revival break out in the schools of Bradley County. I'm not just talking about Lee University. I'm talking about K through 12. We're going to see revival break out in Bradley County because we are going to begin to understand the abundance of living in the more of God. So step one or number one, if you're taking notes, the first step to living in abundance or the more of God, and this is, I'm telling you this because I want you to tell your neighbors about this. I want you to tell your friends about this. I want you to tell people about the more of God. The first step is to discern whether you want more of God or more from God. And there's a fine line there. There is a fine line between wanting more of God or more from God. 
Wanting more from God is to use him to accomplish your goals. Wanting more of God is to desire him for who he is in himself. Oftentimes people want God's hand, but they don't want his presence. I've been on airplanes where the plane's about to go down and everybody knows God at that point. Everybody wants God at that point, right? Everybody's like, oh, God, save me. But then when the plane levels out, everybody's back to cussing and acting a fool, right? They want God and what God can do for them, but they don't want the presence of the Lord. And you can't, those things are not either or, it's both and. You want God, you got to go after his presence for it first, amen? You got to want his presence first. You got to want him every day, every hour, every minute. You got to wake up and there's a book by Benny Hinn and I'm, I'm just going to tell you, man, there's a book by Benny Hinn that says, Good morning, Holy Spirit. Every morning you wake up, good morning, Holy Spirit. Good morning, Holy Spirit. How many want the more of God? If there is more of God, then wouldn't, don't you want it? Don't you want it? So first thing we have to discern is what do we want? Do we want more from him or more of him? I want us to want more of him. I want this house to be a house that wants more of him. I want this house to be ever cognizant of his presence. I want it to be when people walk in this room on Sunday. I mean, just lift your hands. Reverence the spirit of God. Just, 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 just open your mouth and give him a hallelujah. Because it, some people come to this house to get their check mark. They come here to get their weekly quota because they think that that's going to get the, that's what I thought. Growing up, I thought, well, we got to go to church if I want to get to heaven. Why do you think that we are so uh, encounter-oriented? Why do you believe? God said one thing to me. God, Chris, I want you to go and set an atmosphere. If you never preach a message, set atmosphere and protect it. Why do you think that that's important? Because I say this all the time. People can challenge black words on white paper, but they can never rob you of your encounter. You'll have to rip my, you, you could, you're going to have to pry it out of my cold, dead hands because I will never, ever let you take from me what God did for me. Amen? That's what we want this house to be. I want this house to be a place where people walk in and they are touched by the hand of God when they want to desire more of him, not more of his stuff. They want his presence, not his presence. Somebody, come on. Amen. So the first thing is we need to know and discern whether we want more of or more from. This is going to be quick because I believe, I believe that this is, this is, we're going someplace. I'll just say that. You know, the, we have to understand the more of God. We have to understand what that even means. You know, the Bible says that we must seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, right? And all these things shall be added to you. The problem is, is that we're seeking the stuff and not seeking him. And we, we, we have to understand what that righteousness and who that righteousness is. It's not what, it's who. First Corinthians says, but of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Jesus Christ is righteousness it's his righteousness and when we chase after that all that we desire all the things that the enemy tries to entice us with 
come naturally because truly he may have power to, di to, to disseminate it as he, Satan would wish, but truly he owns it all. God owns it all. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills and all the hills. That they, everything in this world is what? It's the fullness. It belongs to him. Everything belongs to him. He, he, he's sovereign. He overreigns it all. Amen? But it's understanding what the more of him is. How many times we pray for things and never got what we asked for? We haven't. We didn't see it right away. I could tell you from experience, I have prayed many a prayers in my life, and I gave God a deadline. I'm like, I need you to do this, and I need you to do it now. <laughs> I need you to do this tomorrow. Like, there's, there's, there's some things going on. First of all, I met, usually, most of us make our own mess when we get into that situation. We should have been listening to him and in his presence from the beginning, right? But, but okay, uh, you know, we get into these situations where, because the flesh wants to do one thing and satisfy the flesh, right? And so sometimes we get stuck in these positions where we make decisions and then we ask God to bail us out, right? But, okay, so we pray these prayers oftentimes and we wonder why God doesn't answer them in the time frame that he would, we would like him to. The second thing I want you to do is, 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 is write this down, understanding the more. Oftentimes, God isn't giving you what you ask for because you're asking for it or for a minimized version of what he desires for your life. You're asking for a minimized version. The Bible says in Ephesians, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or think, imagine. Now, if you can imagine it, he wants to do greater than that. Think about this for a second. You can't fathom what God wants to do for you. See, we try to pray comprehensible prayers. We want, like we do, I, I've, I'm guilty. Like I pray a prayer that I've already put the blueprint together. Like God, he, he can answer it. Like I pray a prayer, like it's not that hard for God. You know I mean? Literally man could do it. So God, I know will do it. You know, but the reality is he's saying, I'm not going to do it because I, I'm working out something greater. The reason why it's not done oftentimes in our time frame is because he's trying to work it out or wants to work it out. Or it's working it out behind the scenes. You're praying for something or for something to be done in your life and you become frustrated when it's not done within your time frame because God's working it out in the background behind the scenes and it's taking longer than you expected because you drew out the plans and the blueprints within your own understanding and God is doing what you asked but doing it beyond your wildest expectations. You sit here and you think, okay, well, Father, if you own it all, I got a business idea. How many, I mean, let's just be real. I got a business idea, God. And my business idea is to be the best business of whatever it is that you, God, put in your heart in Bradley County. I'm going to be the best, or I'm going to be the best business in this region. And you got a regional mindset, and he's trying to give you a global mindset. That's God. That's God. We're, leaving, we're living way beneath what God's expectations are for our lives because we cannot comprehend the vastness of what he wants to do. That's abundant living. Abundant living. Like, like beyond your wildest dreams. He's, you're saying, I want to own a house. I don't want to rent anymore, right? I don't want to rent anymore. I want to own a house. And your idea of abundant living is living in a house that you say you own, but the bank has the title too, because that's normal, right? When he says, I don't want you just to own your house, I want you to own the block. That's God. 
What's the Bible say? I'm a lender, not a borrower. Come on. Like, like that's the Lord. That's beyond our wildest imagination. You want to buy a car, he wants you to own the dealership. That's God. And the reason why we live in a less than mindset is because the enemy has, com- he's literally conditioned us to believe that that is abnormal. That's, that's not normal. Only a select few. Do you realize, we were talking about us the other day, there are more millionaires today than there have ever been. You have more, oper- there are more millionaires than people walking around with six-pack abs. I mean, that's crazy, but that's the truth. It's easier to become a millionaire than it is to go to the gym. Like, that's a fact. That's the, that's the real statistic. Now, I will tell you, I like pizza, and that's really, dumb. anyways. But the fact of the matter is that's the truth. It is, and you know why? Because of this, which means that it is that, so, so this can be either used for good or it can be used for evil. You have the ability to live an abundant life is easier now than it has ever been. And we're still living beneath. We, I mean, how many know Instagram influencers or whatever they call them? Like, I'm, I am really, when it comes to digital stuff, I, anyways, I still write paper notes and all that. I said the digital books and all that. I'm still, I'm trying, y'all. Please pray for your boy when you get a chance. I'm trying to keep up with the Facebook and the, and the Instacart or whatever it is. And, and I'm, I'm telling you, I'm trying. But the fact of the matter is, is it is much easier now than it has ever been. An abundant life is more available to you now. Why are we letting the world be influencers and not us? As people of God, why are we not influencing society around us? What, why are we even here? Like, we are here to implement the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom. I'm done with church. I'm going kingdom, baby. I'm done having church. We are living in a king, his kingdom. We are called to expand his kingdom. We are called to influence the culture of this world with the kingdom. Not to conform, but to transform what's around us. Come on. This county is going to be inundated with the kingdom. No longer are we doing church as usual. No longer are we settling for comfortable Christianity. No longer am I conforming to church. This society is going to conform and transform to his kingdom. Amen? We are called to shift this this thing. We are called to shift the culture. You know that scripture, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. That's where we landed. That's what I said. That's how I let off today. Do you understand? Go ahead and let's get this. I was sitting here this morning. I was amped up. I was ramped up this morning when I walked in the door and I said, you know, we, I started explaining this to the guys about this abundant living because I'm, I'm tired of just going to church. I want more of him. I want more of who he is. I want, I want him to wreck my life. I, you know, we live in a world where, you know, we, we celebrate... Thank you. We celebrate because, you know, my, my uncle had all nine gifts of the spirit. My uncle, you know, my uncle was so-and-so. And that, you know, you know what you're doing when you say these things is you're giving glory to man. None of that means anything. Because God opened the door. God opened the door. And we're going to change the narrative of this community. You wait, you watch. There's some of you in this room right now that are going to own car dealerships. 
Why are there only, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, y'all are going to, uh, apartment complexes. You're called to finance dreams, not be financed. And I'm not preaching prosperity preaching. This is not prosperity preaching. This is kingdom preaching. It's scripture, abundant. I'm not preaching name it and claiming it. I'm preaching that he owns it all and you're his children. You're, you have access. It's yours. That word abundant, more abundantly. More abundantly. We look at that. I, I, I'm guilty. I'm guilty, y'all. More abundantly. More. We think of more like, so I'm in the back and I'm looking at post-it notes. And I say, you know, this, this is normal. This is a normal life. That's what people look at as a normal life, right? That's, that's what we settle for. That's what the enemy has us settling for, okay? And then we think that an abundant life is just a little bit more than a normal life. That's an abundant life. And then we think that a more abundant life is just a few more of abundant, right? I mean, how many people are guilty than, than, with this? More, abundant is, is more than average. So, like, if somebody, if owning one house or living in one house is, an, is, a, is that, I mean, that, that's, that's living pretty good. You know what I mean? Most, that's, that's, we're, we're, that's wealth, and then being more abundant or living in abundant is, is a little bit bigger house, okay? And then living more abundantly, we always thought, oh, man, if you owned, more, if you owned a house and a beach house, you was like, woo, to do, right? We always looked at more abundant as that being the case. Do you realize that more is hyper? That's the word hyper in the Greek. Strong says it's hyper, which means it's super abundance. Think about this, super abundance. Now, I didn't even know they made this until today but hyper super we're in the back and i'm playing with post-it notes and then nicole walks in and she says she didn't even know what we we're talking about and i got like 30 note post-it notes on the table talking about abundance and super abundance and she said you know i got these great big post-it notes over at staples i just walked out of there and saw and i oh, we, we all got in the car and drove over to staples and got ourselves some but, but this right here is I should have had a headset mic for this. Superabundance isn't just one of these. That, that's God's abundance for your life. But superabundance, superabundance is just, let's keep on. Somebody come up here and just keep sticking these up here for me. Mason, where you at? Just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. Y'all, superabundance. Super abundance. Come on. Super. This is what God wants us. This is where God wants us to live. This is where he wants us is a super abundant life. Keep going, Mason. Super abundance. Who wants to live in super? I'm not. This is not prosperity. This is changing the mindset of his people. I'm not called. You're not called to rent. You're called to own. You're called to be a lender or not a borrower. There's a shift happening in Bradley County. Oh, man, I'm about to get in trouble. I'm telling you right now, when this thing changes, checking the cash, but I'm predatory lending. I'm telling you, I'm telling you what's going to happen. You are called to finance kingdom vision. 
You are called to finance kingdom vision. Keep going, Mason. I mean, how many pages? This is, this is, this is super abundance, hyper abundance. If you can think it, it's too small. If you can comprehend it, it's too small. I need you all to dream with me. I need you all to dream with me. I need you all to dream with me. That empty building out there, that, that, that old Hardy's building, I'm, I'm telling you, watch and see what God's about to do in this community. It's, he's going to breathe on it. He is going to breathe on this community. He is breathing on you. And the reason why I'm preaching to the faithful few about this is because you're the carriers of it. It's hard for me to preach this to people who can't comprehend it yet. It's your responsibility to introduce this to them. Amen? Super abundant. That's good, Mason. We, we can do that all night. Super abundance. Amen. Give Mason a hand. Yes. Super abundance. We can live a life so full of his presence. And again, you can't, you, you're not after the stuff. We are not after the stuff. I don't care about the stuff. You know, the reality is the stuff is bait. It's bait. When Jesus said, launch out into the deep, they've been fishing all night, right? Launch out into the deep. We've been fishing all night. God, there ain't no fish out there. He said, did you hear what I just said? I said, launch out into the deep. So they launch out into the deep. They let down their nets for a catch. Actually, it says they let down their net. They didn't have enough faith to believe for the abundance of what God wanted to do. Says they, he said, let down your nets, and they let down their net. And when they brought it up, there was more fish than they could contain. Do you know what fish is back then? Fish was money. Fish was resources. What did he say? You're going to be fishers of men, right? You're fishers of men. What is captivating to man? Really, let's just be real. What captivates the majority of people? Resources. And he brings all these fish in, so much so that they had to call their buddies over and say, yo, come help us. This is, I'm living, we're living in overflow over here. I need you all to come over here and help us out with this. And when they came up, and check this, they, they, they did this in the morning at daybreak. Why? Because everybody was on the shore to see it. They said, wait a minute, who is this dude that just told them to go out that, that they, wait a minute. See, resources aren't meant for you. It's meant to attract people to the king that you serve. It's meant to attract people to his presence and his glory. You see, something happens when you are a carrier of the presence. I'm not just talking about resources. I'm talking about abundance in all areas. Abundance in joy. Abundance in peace. Abundance. Man, it's 803. I'm on... Lord, help me. This might be a series. When you are expecting, you prepare. I want you to write that down. When you're expecting, you prepare. I had a life shift a few years back. Probably about 13 years ago. Well, 12 somewhere around 11 to 12 years ago, God began to shift my mindset from church to kingdom. I was in 
I was in Baltimore, Maryland with Pastor Kevin and he was preaching. I get a call from my wife and she says, the Lord said that we're going to be moving. I said, oh, okay. She says, so I'm going to the U-Haul store to buy boxes. I said, what? I come home. It was only like a two-day trip. I come home, the whole house is packed up. Like, packed up. I'm like, where's my toothbrushes in the box? Where's the silverware? It's in the box. My, my son at the time, my, my, my older boy, he was, he's 15 now, I think. At the time, he might have been like four or maybe five, may, maybe, something like that. It, and, and he's like, where's my toys? In the box. It's all in the box. Everything was in boxes. You see, in order to prepare for the more of what God has, because we were walking in his presence. We were, we were making a transition from church to kingdom. And in doing so, God was speaking to us differently. Now, I'm telling you, be obedient to the voice of the Lord. In this season, when you think you're crazy because you think you heard something and you are walking in the fear and admonition of the Lord, chances are you heard what he said and you're not crazy. Because he'll tell his people to do crazy things. you got to have crazy faith to walk in the abundant living that God has for you. So she packs up the whole house. I go home. And I'm telling you, we lived out of boxes for months. She thought we were moving on Monday. She called me on like Saturday. She, I guess apparently she thought the U-Haul was going to back up on Monday and take everything and we was going to move into Now we were renting in Bradley County at the time. We were renting a house, and we, I, we, did, we were so broke, we didn't have two nickels. She didn't have a nickel, I didn't have a nickel, and we couldn't rub it together to make 10 cents. This is the truth before the Lord. We were like below broke. Like if there is a below, like we owed everybody. We both had student loans and stuff. We were swamp and, swamped and covered up. And I'm like, we're moving. I mean, we barely had the money for the U-Haul boxes. And we're living out of them for months. And one day the Lord says, go open up a bank account. This is the truth before the Lord. And I'm not saying this, be, I'm testifying because, oh, testimony of Jesus Christ, the spirit of prophecy, come on. If it happened once, it'll happen again. And if it happened for me, it's going to happen for you. We are stepping into a new season. I'm telling you. You are, we are getting ready to step into a season where the whole world is watching. And there will be light in Goshen. There will be resources in the hands of kingdom people. So the Lord says, go open a bank account. I go open a bank account. I think I had enough. Right here in Bradley County, I go open a bank account. I think it was like $25 you got to open. I'm like, Lord, please, let, let it be that, that they don't need anything more because that's about all I got at the time. I go open that bank account, and that bank account sits there. And the Lord, I did it in faith. You see, oftentimes you got to put action to the faith. you gotta put, you got to marry action and faith. Those things coexist. Action and faith have to work together. So I went open this, I'm only testifying and telling you about this because I believe you're going to come, there's people in this room that it's going to happen for. So I went open that. So Crystal packs the boxes, we're living out of boxes for months, the Lord says, open up a bank account. So I go open up a bank account. Someone we don't know, months later, someone we don't know. Now at the time, I'm only holding, cold, giving glasses of cold water to Pastor Kevin. Seriously. 
I, was, they were, I wasn't preaching. I wasn't speaking. I was just running around the globe with him, handing him cold glasses of water, making sure that his travel arrangements and all of that were well, praying to God that we made it on planes, uh, trains, and automobiles to get wherever we were needed to go. And I was just being faithful in what God said to do for the season. I was only being faithful in the moment that I was at. I wouldn't, we, I'm just, most of it was all voluntary. Most of it, I didn't have a job. I wasn't like full-time for the church. It was just, let me, I'm serving the Lord and operating in what I know to do. And I'm doing this by faith and I'm walking in his presence. And in the mail, someone we don't know sends us enough resources to pay off all of our student debts, okay, which positioned us to go from renting to owning. And I say that because that's what he's doing here. This is what he is doing. He is shifting this house. This is a declaration. This is not a sermon. This is a prophetic word in this house. How many are ready for this? How many are ready to change a region? How many are ready to shut down uh, predatory lending? How many are ready to lend to, king, for the, to give to kingdom ideas and kingdom ventures? How many people are ready to live in the abundance of God? I got one more story in 10 minutes. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8. Story of a Shunammite woman. The Bible calls this woman a great woman. If you read the, into it, it's a great woman of influence. She had wealth. And that's a problem for most of us because most, mo most of the time, if you are, are a great, have a great name or are a great of, of any greatness and of wealth, you don't, at that point, you shut off from God. You, don't, you think, I got it all already. But this, this shows us she's a great woman, and she was a woman of influence and knew that she needed more of who God was. Can somebody come and help me? Somebody help me. Let's land this. If you have your Bibles, just go to, you can go to it, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8. Now it happened one day that Elisha the prophet went to Shunem. There was a notable woman. She, was, she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was as often as he passed by, he would turn in there and eat some food. And she said to her husband, look now, I know this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand so it will be whenever he comes to us he can turn in there and it happened one day that he turned in to the upper room and lay down there and he said to Gehazi his servant call this Shunammite woman and when he had called her he stood before him and said to him say now to her look you have been concerned for us with all this care what can we do for you do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to commander of the army she answered I dwell among my own people so he said I'm going someplace. What then is to be done for her? And Gehazi said, actually, she has no son and her husband is old. So she said, call, so he said, call her. When he had called her, she stood in the doorway. Then he said, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. This is what happens when you make room for the more of God. This is what happens when you make room for the more of God. She said, don't lie to me, unauthorized translation. Don't you lie to me. And it came to pass that she conceived and bore a son 
when the appointed time had come. Now I'm sure she'd been praying for that for a baby for a while. But you see, she something happened. She began to pray for this child. I believe this. I believe she was praying for the child. And it was in due time. It was when she made room for the more of God. And it goes on to say that the child was out with the father. Out in the field working and the child said that his head began to hurt and his child, the child fell down dead actually. The child died and she's like, she, I mean she was distraught but she ran out to the to the prophet of the Lord and said, how, how is this that this happened? How is this that this happened? You Like, are you serious? You gave me a child and the Lord took him away? And he said, no. So, so before this happened, though, she, she, she put the child in, in the room. It says, it says this, and she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, shut the door upon him, and went out. She goes to the prophet. The prophet prays over the child. The child raises up. But do you see what happens here? She brought the child in the room and laid him on the bed. What room? Whose room? When you make room for the more of God, you make room for your miracle. That's what's happening in this house. There are people in this house who have been waiting on miracles. You've been waiting and praying for miracles. You have been praying for the seasons to shift. And the Lord says it is happening. It will happen. You, As you make room for the more of God, you are making room for the miracle that God would have for you. The thing that you have contended for. I want you to stand with me real quick. This house is going to be a house of more. Your house is going to be a house of more. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this isn't just, you know, it's, it's, it's a necessity. We're called to shift a city. We're not called to be another church. We're called to be change. Just lift your hands real quick. Just pray with me for just a moment. The Bible says in that scripture that I read that he is the door. Jesus said, I am the door. When you walk to somebody's house, you don't just stand in the door, right? You don't just walk in the door and stand there. No, you, they invite you into the more of the house. Jesus says, I am the door to more. I am the door to more, says the Lord. Salvation is just the beginning. Salvation is not the end. It is the beginning to the more of who he is. It is the more of abundant life. It is the, when, when, what literally he's saying is that there is no life outside of God and I came that you could have all of God that you would desire. So I want to pray for you real quick. Father, I pray right now that this house's mindset would shift. Father, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus 
that we would understand what you are trying to do in this place. I pray that this house would be a house of many that would make this shift in this community. Father, I pray in Jesus' mighty name, all the way up from, from, from Paul Huff all the way down to exit 20, Father, that there would be a shift in this community, that life would spring forth, God. I pray as we go after you, as we lift our hands and praise you, as we worship greater than we've ever worshiped, as we go after the more of God, that you would bestow your presence upon your people and that everywhere that this house would go, everywhere that this people would go, people would be attracted to the more of God within them, Father. I asked this team real quick, I, I, we're going to sing this song. It's an old Vicky Yogi song. The Lord put it on my heart today. That, I'm just telling you, it's crazy how God works sometimes through, through songs. But there's an old song. It's, it's a song that's because of who you are. And these words are Jehovah Jireh. He's my provider. The more of God. Jehovah Nisi. Jehovah Shalom, my peace. He's more peace than you can ever need. It's all in you. It's all in Jesus. Can we sing that real quick and then we're going to go? I just want us to lift our hands and make this declaration in the atmosphere because that's what we're doing. We are prophetically releasing something right now. Because of who you are, I give you glory. Because of who you are, I give you praise. Because of who you are, I will lift my voice and say, Lord, I worship you because of who you are. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Jehovah Nisi, Lord, you reign in victory. Jehovah Shalom, you are that Prince of Peace. And I worship you because of who you are. Jehovah Jireh. I want to open the altar right now. If you need prayer to make the shift, to make the transition. I want to open the altar and I want to pray for you right now. As we sing this song. in your house for the more of God I believe this is the, there's a change coming I've said it from the beginning there is a change coming 
You are about to live in the abundant life that God has for you. Lift your hands and I just, we're gonna, I'm going to pray for you. And when you leave this place, when we come back in on Easter Sunday, there's going to be a change. There is going to be a shift. Father, I just give it all to you tonight. This was a word that you've given me to shift the house, to change the house, Father. I pray that we change the direction, the trajectory. I pray that we would understand the more of you, that we would, we would walk in the more abundant life that you would have for us. I pray, God, that when we go home, we would make room for you. I pray that we would carve out places in our day for you, Father. That we would wake up and say, good morning, Holy Spirit. That when we went to bed, we would say, good night, Father. That we would make room, that we would make room for you, Father. Hey, ayabasando bohosaya. Lord, raise our expectation. Let us stop walking in a comprehensible prayer life. Lord, let us pray for things beyond our wildest expectations. Not for us, but for your name. That your people would make your name great. Let it be that when we come in here on Sunday, from the front to the back, expectation would rise. That we would shift from church to kingdom. We give you all the glory for it in advance. We give you all the glory for it in advance. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.